0: You're listening to Rhoda and Mary, a podcast about friendship, feminism, and fun, inspired by The Mary Tyler Moore Show. If you're a fan of Mary Richards, Rhoda Morgenstern, and the general brilliance that is The Mary Tyler Moore Show, then we think you're going to enjoy this series. Why don't you come right out and say it, Mary? you think I'm a lousy mother. (laughs) No, I don't, Phyllis. I'll tell you exactly what I think. I think... What are you trying to say? I'm trying to think of a nice way to say that I think you're a lousy mother. Before we get into the full episode, I just actually did want to ask you, Caitlin, did you want to, did you want to plug
1: what oh, you're doing? A plug? Um, well, what I have been doing through the whole Pandemic has been making reusable, customized face masks. Uh, like a lot of people, um, I yeah. Did- but
0: yours are like definitely the best. I have, oh, I have a bunch of Caitlin's masks, and I also have bought like some cheap ones from like the store down the road. And I can just tell you, oh my gosh, like your masks are so much nicer because they also like they frame your face better.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, some masks,
0: you know, like, it goes up to your eyeballs, and you're just like, this isn't...
1: Okay, thank you, because that was driving me crazy. There's, like, no accommodation for people's noses and eyes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> your masks accommodate accommodate the nose and eyes. You have a <laughs>
1: nose. I do you have eyes? <laughs> um... Well, thanks. I didn't go to fashion school for nothing. I <laughs> I patterned a whole new kind of face mask. Um, yeah, I spent the whole, the whole, la- la- the, the whole pandemic doing that. And in the end, I ended up tallying, it was like four, it was over 4,000. I, I definitely lost track, but I know it was at the bare minimum, it was 3,500, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot. I wasn't counting that I was giving away because I did One to one, so buy one and I would donate one to match. Um, There are a lot more that were getting donated than were being bought. And now, moving into this year, post President Biden, I've um, decided to just sort of run parallel with his 100 day mask challenge. And I'm only going to be making and selling my masks for 100 more days. So the first 100 days of his term. And then I'm going to shift into my own line of clothing. So That's my plug and my, my Instagram handle is Caitlin Lace underscore made, but I'm sure we'll have a link for that if we're plugging me here. Thank you, Heather.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't realize you were going to do the hundred day thing. So that's, we'll have to get that up and we'll we'll have to edit this and get it up. It's not like we post it and there's like 10 days left.
1: It's fine.
0: I'm a little. no that's a good that's a good uh impetus to to get it going i think that's so great and yes everybody check out check out her masks i love mine and now that i know that it's coming to an end i'll have to i'll have to get some more this episode that we're talking about today is certainly focused on on children being a mother how to navigate that if you're working, how to navigate that even when you're, you know, uh, not working, but sharing responsibilities of parenting with a partner.
1: So probably coming from like this really like brand new lens of the late 60s and early 70s, where there was thought given to parenting and thought given to what childhood is like part of me really feels like up until that point in history, like there wasn't that much like thought really given into it.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it certainly uh, gives a nice picture of what, what had to be some newfangled ideas about parenting that were clearly circling around during that time.
1: Right. Like I would, I would, su- I would, guess that the just a thought of any child led anything would be a radical idea then
0: Mm, yeah so like giving the child a voice a a voice and the opportunity to make their decisions or so and as as i'm sure you've all seen in the episode um (laughs) the premise is essentially phyllis her husband lars gets sick and with the chicken pox, which
1: it was serious then,
0: <laughs> it was serious then, even though Rhoda makes fun of him um, to, well, to Phyllis, um, saying it's a childhood disease. But, um, you know, obviously these days we're, we're much more sensitive to contagious diseases than we were, uh, a year ago. So, oh uh, yeah, it wasn't so funny, but essentially because Lars has the chicken pox, uh, Phyllis needs to have her daughter Bess stay with Mary for
1: a while. Um, and yeah, that sort of kicks off the episode. Yeah, she's like a few days, which just seems so imposing. It's very classic, Phyllis.
0: Oh my god, yeah. Like I just need I just need to drop little Bess here for a while.
1: <laughs> and then we and, also discover that she doesn't like Mary, that Bess doesn't like Mary in the beginning of that, which was which is news because we've only met We've only met her in the very first episode.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't recall, like, why that was either. I'm like, I thought Bess was okay with Mary, but yeah. I guess it adds to the drama. Like, Mary has to win, win Bess her. over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the, the, the main crux of, though, that, like, sort of handoff of parenting from Phyllis, who is a very, very hardcore what would you call it like new wave parenting person um to mary who is obviously single and doesn't have any kids and has never been in that position before from what we can tell um phyllis brings like a stack of parenting books (laughs) 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 and literally tells mary she should be like consulting the books for everything
1: that's what i do to my husband (laughs)
0: really so do you guys have did you get parenting books I mean or um, does that not really exist anymore because now it's like everybody just goes on
1: no it really exists and uh there have been a couple that I've read and they really uh I still I still refer back to them because they're so helpful
0: are they are they recent though or are they like classic
1: no 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 I'm not not dr Spock I'm talking about like dr. Spock. yeah that's cool <laughs> no I definitely there were there were ones that I read about trying to crib uh well I don't know what it's I can't remember what it's called because I ended up not going with that idea but there's a lot of ideas that are really new ideas that um yeah there's a lot of books and there's but specifically the one that really uh I can't even remember the name of it but I but I uh I made Nathan read it my husband our child's father um, and. Because it goes into how their brains are still, how children's brains are still forming. So when you're addressing things with them or talking to them, you have to think of what mode their brain is in. Like they're not going to listen to you. They're going to hear the tone or they're not going to understand why you're upset if you're frustrated about something else and they come in at the wrong time. And like for some reason, the way they wrote that book of like reframing where the kid's coming from and that there's essentially like a lizard brain that you don't want to poke and trigger it. And that's why like, you know, you may mitigate tantrums if you know how to talk to them and what to say and when to say it. Oh, <laughs> it's been really helpful. Cause I feel like that was my big terror with having a kid was like, how do I, how do I navigate like tantrums in public? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, that always looks terrifying to me from afar. I'm like, Oh my God.
1: But then. After reading the book, I was like, oh, right. This is a tiny little human, and this is the first time they're going through all of this. So, yeah, there's definitely – I think there's definitely always going to be a place for more research and more education in in kids and their development and being a parent. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's interesting. I was sort of laughing because my mom – there was a period where she kept, like, referring to (laughs) – that, you know, we all just have lizard brains. And <laughs> I, I never understood what she was talking about, but maybe she's referencing something. <laughs> yeah, but your mom was-, she was, you know, she was a teacher. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like she was keeping up with. Yeah. What, even when we, all of her children were grown, it was like, she was keeping up with like how, and she taught like, you know, eight, nine year olds. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
1: Total, total, totally. She, she was up on it.
0: I heard the term lizard brain. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> anyway, um, it's
1: reactive. It's not understanding it. It's just reacting to it.
0: I actually think maybe I'm still in the lizard brain phase then cuz I certainly
1: she was too aware.
0: <laughs> well, I think I I tend to read tone over substance all the time.
1: Yeah, um, I do. See, this is why we still need research in the in the whole field. We still need stacks of books like Phyllis has.
0: I find this episode to just be strange in a lot <laughs> of ways. And it's like obviously the situation is quite funny, pretty straightforward. Mary has to take care of a kid, but like there's so many little details in this episode that
1: So it's not just the dreamy Century City mall montage for you that makes it weird.
0: <laughs> no, I mean that makes it that makes it brilliant. <laughs>
1: that makes it a work of art it's a pretty hot location for a lot of film and television in the 70s yes yeah because of the architecture right or because it was right next to 20th century fox like it's right across the street maybe they were just like ah, it's easy to get the permits and just go across the street that's true too (laughs) yeah
0: well so it wasn't but was it part of their backlot originally?
1: It was like originally. That space. Yes, it was. And then it was and then they they developed it in the sixties, I think. Um mm. but yeah. I think it was the I think it was the old West Town. Oh originally, yeah.
0: <laughs> I I feel so like I wish that they had kept ca- I mean, like I know obviously wow. filmmaking changed, but those backlot things I find fascinating.
1: Oh, me too.
0: Yeah, no the the Century City Mall montage I think is great. I think it's so funny because, like, that's all it takes for Mary to win Bess over is like she takes her on a day shopping.
1: What? <laughs> it's like, and they're not really shopping; they're just kind of window shopping, and then they end up playing that weird hide and seek game, and. Yes. And I think maybe maybe that's it is that there's like no pressure in the day for best to be a grown up. She actually does get to be silly and little. And, yes. and then yeah. gravitates toward this grown up who's getting like actually treating her like she's a kid, which maybe feels liberating. And then yeah. we're over.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, they get ice cream. There's a, a shot where they're like looking at a doll through the window. Mm -hmm. which seems very sort of significant for that very reason that you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, the other thing that stands out to me about that, like creepy hide and seek game at, in the mall is like at first Mary seems like she's, she can't find her. She can't find Bess. And she's like, clearly going like Bess, Bess. And I'm like, in this day and age, my mind goes to like the worst. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you lose a child in a public place. You are that's a serious thing, and you're freaking out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bess is just like pops up from behind a thing, like, hey, Mary. Like, ugh. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, another sign of the times. Like, I just don't think that that would, nobody would find that funny. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: So. Yeah, that's just the that is the icing on the cake for me for this this episode. I find there's so many other like little interactions throughout the show that just seem a bit just a bit kind of more wacky than usual.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I I would propose that this was just something that they were The writers and the producers were thinking, okay, if we've got this first season of this kind of like groundbreaking, rule breaking, going outside the gender norms and stereotypes, then we have to address motherhood. So so they do it really early on in the season and it is kind of clunky, but they basically get it out of the way, completely get it out of the way
0: yeah I think you're right about that like and it is an important topic to to get into yeah. um, and Phyllis is like the perfect character to <laughs> sort of be the opposite of Mary and you know then when Bess doesn't want to go home <laughs> and wants to stay with Mary, <laughs> like you know we see we see a whole side of Phyllis,
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, okay, so when i when I When we were originally watching this episode and talking about it, you know, preliminarily back a year ago, I had this immediate takeaway that like, well, Phyllis just wants a break. Like it's really hard being mom all the time. And especially with all like her parenting books, she just needs, she just needs a break to not think about it for a while. Mm -hmm. But this time when I was watching it and given we've got this pandemic year under our belts of, and for me, like a aggressively parenting and hoping my kid is weathering the storm of a of isolation well you know there's like this all these extra things yeah mother insecurity that phyllis has just pulled on my heart so much this time watching it that when she started crying i started crying yeah Yeah. and i understand it like because yeah she's clearly she's trying to do everything right she's trying so hard to do everything right but she doesn't know and that's why she's reading all of the books and trying to do everything right because for whatever reason she doesn't know what to do and to then suddenly see somebody who literally hasn't done the work or any of the research Mm -hmm. get all of the love and attention is so heartbreaking
0: yeah and don't you think that's probably like a common oh yeah it's a common story, you no, know, like timeless story of like parenting. Oh yeah, I have to say, um, I and I'm not exactly sure why. I think maybe just my brain has been rewired based on the collective trauma we've all gone through. Yeah. Um, I definitely watched this episode with fresh eyes. Like I said, I still I still find it weird, and it's still not among my favorite episodes, but. Yeah. I definitely felt more empathy and um, sort of just understanding of Phyllis. Like I was far less judgmental of her this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And I I think that might be because, you know, our society, we've kind of had to shift and and really think about all the work that goes into raising a child.
1: Um, Just being a woman, like what the unemployment of December were 100% women. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, I, you know, we never see Lars. It's all on Phyllis. Like, it just feels like, yeah, actually, when you were talking before, though, too, it did remind me of another moment. Uh, you know, because you're saying Phyllis is working so hard. It's like there is a part near the end of the episode where Phyllis comes up with like a jar of soup. Yeah. Um. This is. You know, during Bess's stay with Mary, like Bess is elected to stay with Mary and and Phyllis has ridiculously been like, okay, like that's what she wants, even though it's definitely putting Mary out and like Mary doesn't really want a child staying with her. She's got okay. a life. So much so that she has to, like, turn the
1: tables and be like, can you babysit? Yeah, which is the fun. I think that's the funniest line of the episode. Because it's so, it's perfect Mary Tyler Moore with the, well, I'm not even going to ask this. It's
0: so true. It's like a perfect Mary delivery. Absolutely. (laughs) But, you know, Phyllis brings up this soup and is like, I'm sure you're feeding her well. (laughs) (laughs) Where is she? And. Mary's like, oh, she's out buying TV dinner. <laughs> it's also like that perfectly is like a perfect example of like Mary doesn't know how to no. really care for a kid. Yeah. Like she's she's yeah. the fun, you know, short term. It's fun to go shopping with Aunt Mary. I mean, hell, I'd like to go shopping with yeah. Mary Tyler more in the 70s. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: that would have oh. been fun. Yes. <laughs> i mean i feel like this this episode feels more dated than some of the others um like beyond fashion and and style and
1: it's true well we also get to see we get that little glimpse into phyllis is an artist and has an art studio and that yes too is very like oh this is
0: 1970 and what what is she sculpting she's got like a she's
1: like raking it
0: she's like angry sculpting
1: Probably a bust of a baby Bess that she's mad she's mad sculpting oh i imagined it was lars <laughs> it is actual poison oak not uh not varicella chickenpox
0: yes that's we <laughs> <did> find out
1: <laughs> turn of events <laughs> the big twist of this episode <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I guess like, I just want to close with, um, well, I want to know if there's any random non-mothering moment that you found bizarre <laughs> in this episode. Cause I certainly know what mine is.
1: <laughs> non-mothering aspect. Okay. Yes. I wrote, I wrote a couple of these down. Uh, I felt like Ted Baxter was extra Florida man. <laughs> and the whole thing about idiot cards was like was so over the top and the horsey it was, it was classic but it just felt like god he is so he is so dumb in this episode but i know we we know that the cussing lou grant talking about cussing and just really wanting to cuss yes was very weird, and the and I think you brought up the Rhoda has a line about she's yes fine, she needs to borrow money that that's my that was going to be my weird thing like <laughs> Rhoda like
0: out of the blue Rhoda comes in asking if she can borrow forty dollars to pay a fine right and Mary's like oh it's a traffic fine or something and she's like no it's for feeding a buffalo like yeah. what, what is that- <laughs> And they, like, sort of let it hang there for a minute. And then Rhoda explains that she went to the zoo on her lunch break and fed a buffalo. I've also, like, I don't think I've ever seen a buffalo in a zoo.
1: (laughs) But also she specifically fed it, what, like, prune yogurt? Yes. (laughs) Like, what buffalo's gonna eat that? So that's also, like, such a stamp on the, like, dieting culture of women.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, she says she says something like, that buffalo is going to have a nice figure. <laughs> it's, like, so out of the blue. Like, it just is, like, what? Like, Rhoda has to borrow money for a fine for feeding a buffalo. Anyway, it just...
1: I do have to say in this episode, we do get the, like, a very nice arc of Rhoda's... Uh, insecurity with her appearance like that's that's a through line in the in the first couple episodes and we see it in this one with she starts with the lotus position thing and then in the end she's got the comment about her like prune yogurt and and having a good figure and it's like yeah they're weird statements but they like they reinforce that point that she's got the insecurity with her body
0: yeah which you know when she's doing the lotus position at the beginning like (laughs) I was watching and I was just like, she looks great. <laughs> like there's so many times where I'm just like, what I find that joke doesn't work. I mean, like, she's not as stick thin as Mary Tyler Moore is, but like she looks real good. Like, so there's more to come on that. I know. And and know there's
1: yeah, there's more to come on that. And it's also, I think if anything, it just really dates that to me would really date the show because I yeah. I personally think we've come a long way with dieting culture.
0: We have. And we've come a long way also with like representing
1: yes. realistic body types. Yes. And certainly th- recently. Yeah. And and just speaking kindly about body types as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So true. All right. Well, for all of our, our many, many listeners, <laughs> if you had a, a – your favorite standout strange moment of this episode, please shoot us a comment on our Instagram and let us know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so the next episode though is actually one of my favorites. So we're going from one of my least favorites to one of my favorites. And this is
1: funny because divorce I I wasn't cottoning to it. And then I'm gonna rewatch it and see how I feel now
0: yeah i am interested to hear what you think about (laughs) divorce now in our in our new enlightened
1: state (laughs) our contemporary covid world
0: yes yeah well thank you everybody for listening and thank you caitlin for talking
1: (laughs) thank you heather for talking
0: you're welcome
1: If you enjoyed hanging out with us, please be sure to subscribe. And also, if you have a moment to rate us or give us a review on iTunes, we would be grateful. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Rhoda and Mary.